Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, July the 10th. And welcome to our commentary. Just a quick heads up. uh, Later on Monday, we will be recording our weekly uh, podcast with our friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. We call it the Weekend Review. We're going to be looking at some of the issues uh, of last week, as as, as well as some of the issues uh, of this week. Of course, President Biden Uh, going to Europe. He's going to be talking a lot about NATO. And, you know, some countries want to come into NATO. I think Sweden wants to come into NATO. Obviously, Ukraine would like to come into NATO. That that one is not going to happen anytime soon. But Sweden is one that, you know, some people are are talking about. And I have no problem uh, with Sweden joining uh, NATO. In principle, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with NATO either, but I do have a problem with the graph that I saw today. I don't know how recent or up-to-date that graph is, but it shows that a lot of countries in NATO are not keeping up with their 2% uh, commitment. This is their percentage. Uh, I believe it's their, they have to spend 2% of their GDP in defense or, or military issues, and they're not doing that, which means that there are several countries that are not carrying their load or paying their fair share, as they like to, as they like to say. And that's a real problem. Uh, that's a real problem because if something were to happen, if NATO was supposed to act, uh, very often it's the United States taking the lead. Obviously, we're the leader of the free world. But many of these countries are going to have to understand that the American public opinion is not going to be in favor of NATO if they don't pay uh, whatever share they're supposed to pay into NATO. So I hope that President Biden comes down hard in these countries and tells them, hey, folks, you guys want to play in NATO. You guys want us to defend you. You're going to have to do what uh, the agreement calls for, the treaty calls for, is a certain percentage of their GDP, I think it's 2%, has to go uh, to military spending. Of course, Ukraine is going to be a big topic uh, of this visit. There are some differences coming up uh, uh, within the the NATO ranks uh, about Ukraine, and one of them is supplying the Ukraine with these uh, bombs, these uh, whatever they're called, the bombs that explode all over. And uh, apparently some countries don't like that. They feel that this is escalating the, the situation in Ukraine even more. Frankly, I don't know how it could be escalated even further. Uh, I mean, we've got to find a solution to this Ukraine problem. I don't think there is a military solution. So we're going to have to figure figure out what it takes to get Putin to pull out. And I don't know what that, you know, formula is, but we have got to stop this fighting. This fighting is taking way too many lives, and it's disrupting uh, the situation in Europe way too much. It certainly has a lot of countries uh, around Ukraine quite concerned about uh their own uh, their own well-being. So some, we've got to do something. We've got to sit down with Putin and say, okay, Putin, how do we fix this thing? What is it that you want? Because uh, I don't see anybody winning in Ukraine, but I could see this thing dragging on for a long time and, and creating the kind of bloodshed uh, that we are seeing 
on frankly on both sides i mean not only the ukraine side but there has been a lot of bloodshed going on with russian troops as well so we got to we got to figure out how to end this thing and it takes american leadership that's what uh, it will take uh, it will take to do it i have a post over at the american thinker this morning talking about these two guys up in i think they're up in vermont these two guys ben and jerry uh they they have a ice cream business i've never had their ice cream but apparently it's uh it's very good but anyway ben and jerry have been have going a little they're going woke and they have been pushing their company further and further into the woke territory and here recently for july 4th they make the statement that you know those four uh statues on mount rushmore the famous uh statues of Mount Rushmore, and I think it's Roosevelt, Lincoln, Jefferson, and I believe Washington, who are there, that those uh, statues are on occupied or stolen land. Now, we've heard this nonsense before from people, and it, it's just completely wrong. It's not stolen from anybody, uh, but, you know, it is the United States of America. That's what it is. But these two guys have become very vocal about a lot of left-wing issues, so they decided to, you know, spend uh, July 4th uh, talking about Mount Rushmore and the fact that this was stolen or occupied land. And obviously there was a backlash from not only the the governor of North Dakota or South Dakota, where, wherever Mount Rushmore is, but from a lot of Americans, a lot of people like me who are saying, come on, get over this stuff. Get over this stuff. You got bigger fish to fry than to sit there and argue about Mount Rushmore and uh, whether it is or isn't uh, occupied uh, land. But anyway, the story does have a happy ending, or at least it could end in a very happy way. There is a tribe in Vermont of Native Americans who has contacted uh, Ben and Jerry and told them that the business that they run, whether it's a plant or wherever it is that they make the ice cream, is sitting on property that belongs to them. So this tribe is actually calling on Ben and Jerry, you know, to walk the talk, as they like to say, walk the talk and uh, and put up, uh, you know, put up or shut up. Give us back the land that you took from us. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it would be nice to see that happen. I think it would also be nice if, Tom, if Ben and I keep saying Tom and Jerry, Ben and Jerry, if Ben and Jerry would actually uh, pay some reparations for the fact that they've been using this land that uh, belongs to this uh, Native American tribe for a long time. So I think this would be great if Ben and Jerry would cut a check and give up their property and say, yes, we have been doing business on occupied land, and here's a check, and here are some reparations, and we're very sorry for doing that. Well, when they do it first, and then when they put their money on the table, maybe they can lecture uh, the rest of us as to what we should or shouldn't do. But I, I just think this stuff is stupid. I really do. All this stuff about going back in history and 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 saying this and this and this and that about something that happened a long time ago. Look, history is an ugly thing. There's a lot of things that happened that were not very pretty. But the bottom line is that we are where we are and uh that that's uh we gotta go forward. We gotta go forward. And people like Ben and Jerry, just like these other companies that uh who've gone woke, they're not helping themselves and they're not really enhancing our national conversation one bit when they engage in this kind of 
in this kind of nonsense. Well, one big story out of the Netherlands, which is pretty incredible. You know, they have a beauty pageant, like a lot of countries do, Miss Netherlands, uh, just like they do Miss America, Miss Universe, Miss Texas, everybody, uh, everybody's got one of these. They're very popular. Now, I don't watch them, but I know my mother used to love them. My mother used to love the, the beauty pageant on Sunday nights, uh, Miss Universe and all of that. My mother used to love that. My mother and my sister would sit there in front of the TV and watch it all. I mean, it was uh, it was a big deal for them, as I'm sure it was for a lot of women, um, you know, in the country. It probably still is. But anyway, in the Netherlands, they've decided to crown a man, a man who is now, I guess, a woman. He says that he's a woman. He ran for this uh, title, and he was crowned Miss Universe. Let me repeat, a man was crowned as Miss Universe. Now, if you look at the at the picture, he's obviously, you know, he's all dressed up and, you know, all the hair and the face and the makeup and the cosmetics. I mean, he looks obviously more like a woman than obviously, more like a woman, but he's a man. He's a man. That's what he is. He is a man. And for... You know, for these pageants to continue to do this, whether it's uh, companies going woke, whether it's an athletic event, whatever it is, it's just absolutely crazy. And I think the biggest losers of all of this are the young women who play sports or the young women who compete in these beauty pageants. These beauty pageants, uh, whoever wins them, whoever represents the United States or Texas or whatever, in these beauty beauty pageants ends up you know, and very often they, they'll end up having a an acting career or a career of whatever. And, you know, that's uh, that's the way it is. So this is an opportunity that is being denied to a young woman to have a career in modeling or acting or whatever, whatever it leads to. Also, as I remember, Miss America goes around the country and talks to school children and stuff like that about lots of different issues. Well, I guess Miss Netherlands is, uh, I guess he is going to represent the country of Netherlands at Miss Universe. I think it's a shame. I think it's a joke. And I think the women who participate in these pageants ought to walk out and say, we're not going to sit here and participate in this. We're not going to play this game and just leave, uh, leave the pageant and leave uh, the man pretending to be a woman by himself on the stage. I think that's what the, uh, what they need to do. Just a quick note on this day in history, 1941, Joe DiMaggio made it to number 50. So on this day in 1941, Joe DiMaggio made it to number 50 on his way to 56. But when he made it to 50, he became the first baseball player, the first major leaguer, to break uh, the 50 barrier. Before that, there had been a couple in the 40s, including, of course, DiMaggio. But once he got to 50, it, uh, he was uh, he was on the other side. He made it to 56, of course, a couple of uh, of days uh, later. So uh, we remember Joe DiMaggio on this day in 1941. Thanks for watching. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for the comments that are coming in, and uh, don't forget to check out our interview with Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. We'll have that in the podcast later on today. Bye-bye, everybody.